Welcome everyone, another episode of the Aggregators and the Brands show, together with me, uh, the CEO of EVA, as well as we have Omar, who's my co-host, uh, who is the yeah, head is. of uh, the founder of the Margin Business. And we have a great guest today. We have David Mood from Olsa, one of the largest and fastest growing aggregator from Europe. I am not sure if you are the biggest right now, but I'm sure that you are one of them. Uh, so, David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be part of the podcast. Great. Great, great to have you here. Great to have you. Sorry, hi, that I uh, just got you right now. But I just um, wanted to go directly in because, you know, I know David is really busy. He just got back from a trip. He had, uh, again, deals going, you know, as aggregators do. He is the head of investment at Allsum. And we want to know more uh, about what is going on and maybe some of the strategies, what Allsome um, will, uh, yeah, looking at uh, in 2022, maybe 2023. So David, please tell us a little bit about everything, what we need to know about the aggregator space or what is, what is new. Uh, that's a very broad question. Uh, there'll be quite a, a lot to you know get into. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think overall, in kind of the the, the first instance, you know, I I, I joined um, Awesome early last year to head up the investment team. Uh, you know, a big part of the reason and why I think we're attractive to um, brands is that we're really growth focused um, and really selective of our strategy, and really want to focus on specific categories that we can build expertise, know-how around to help brands not only go into Amazon, but also e-commerce, D2C, work with wholesalers and longer term down the road to go into you know, retail. I think there's quite a bit that goes into running an Amazon FBA business from branding, supply chain, logistics, marketing, PPC, account management, and then also multi-channel um, account management and wholesale relationships. And um, our Focus to really to build the team um, that when brands come to us, they you know maybe taking it to a certain size, but they're really now looking for a partner that can kind of help them go to the next level and really um, you know turbocharge the brand to reach its true potential. And we believe there's so many great brands on Amazon that have nowhere near touched on the potential they can get to because there might be capital constraint, there might be you know, just kind of people resource constraint or bandwidth time constraint because they have other commitments and they cannot really lean in and, and give it everything they have. And that's why, you know, we think Awesome is a great partner, you know, to come in and, you know, help you get there. And, you know, and strategies are, you know, there's, there's opportunities to lean in everywhere. Um, and it's, yeah, particularly a big challenge last year, supply chain, logistics, staying in stock, PPC marketing costs increasing, it's getting more sophisticated. You need to invest in the tools, technology, you need to have people who really understand, uh, but also who are on top of the campaigns every day, every week, every every month. Um, and it's, it's really difficult to you know, take the foot off the gas, uh, so to speak, on, on some of these uh, brands. And then it's really about expansion, uh, new geographies, variations, new products, and then yeah, more channels, building your brand, social commerce, influencer marketing, everything that goes with it. There's, it kind of goes in phases and you're not going to do everything um, kind of at once. 
but what we really like is brands where we see the three to five year plan. This is not something we kind of come in and we think we're going to do one or two or three changes, but it's something we can kind of continue to invest in and grow. And these are typically branded products in you know great categories, outdoors, pets, uh, baby, home and kitchen, you know, travel is a great category right now, um, and, and many others. Um, and um, yeah, that's where we think we're, uh, you know, also the best home for brands. We have many people in our team that know what good looks like. They come from, they worked at larger brands. They worked at large operators. They know what a supply chain of a multi hundred million dollar business looks like. They've run marketing campaigns with budgets that are, you know, 10 times larger than, you know, many of the large Amazon FBA brands. And, you know, kind of in the founding DNA with, you know, Sam coming from Amazon, being an Amazon FBA seller, you know, themselves, the serious operators, you know, you know, next to me, I'm all the investments finance person. Uh, but then we have kind of serious operators around the, yeah, both the management team, as well as, you know, all the way to some of the, you know, junior members of the team. Got it. Wow, that's very exciting. Um, maybe like, you know, you already mentioned the categories because that would be uh, one of my questions. But, you know, if you want to add to that, that will be great. But my understanding is you are not only looking at the Amazon FBA brands, but brands who have also maybe presence in Shopify, maybe they have their D2C channel. And these are kind of the growth opportunities. Is that right? Or, uh, or you know, not really? Yeah, there's, there's really two schools of thought. There's the, you know, some aggregators that only focus on Amazon FBA businesses and that actually like them to be 90, if not 100% Amazon FBA. These are also businesses we like, uh, we, we like to buy. In an ideal scenario, we come in and a company and they've already built a presence on D2C. Maybe it's, it's small, it's they've invested some money, they kind of, you know, they've, they had the pilot, the proof points, the beta version which we can you know, build up, professionalize, as well as maybe they have some strategic partners, some wholesale relationships, but they've been growing organic because they've never could really build out a partnership team or a wholesale team, which is gonna go out and find partners, go to you know, industry conferences and find um, you know, that partner in, which is gonna allow them to sell in, in you know, it could be Japan, India, Australia, maybe where the business doesn't have a presence. Um, and this is where we can lean in and bring the resources to explore because we know the brand has a lot of potential. It just didn't have, you know, they didn't have the necessary bandwidth resources to go after these opportunities. Okay, that sounds, uh, sounds perfect. Um, I mean, when we talk about brands and, and the aggregators, you know, every time what, what comes in my mind is that as well, now we have smaller brands um who are trying to get bigger now they get i think they kind of get intimidated right now um because of the of the size um of the investment i mean if, if somebody is watching a little bit the amazon news then he, he knows what's going yeah. on there is lots of money flowing in um which means for smaller sellers that they uh, need to step up which doesn't mean that they're going to lose but they need to step up. So I think as well, and I really, I, I call people who don't have an Amazon business yet and really want to uh, uh, open an Amazon business and watch this video right now to still do it. 
because it's possible but yeah. don't but they don't think they don't they should not watch the videos from um, uh, two years ago or three years ago where where you can just you know uh, what was the, the funny thing from helium 10 uh, i think it's like a uh, uh, like a like a shelf you know like a shelf and then you buy a shelf you put them on amazon you know and then you you just sell 200 per day 200 units per day you know i, I think this this type of business is over you know because you need to have like you already said brands real some somebody real behind it like if you love sports you know do something what what is associated with sports where you can stand behind so this is something i would really recommend and then still grow and then even sell it to aggregators so because not right now what i see is as well that the aggregators are taking a lot over they buying a lot of brands so i don't i don't know if i see this correctly but it seems like I, they're buying everything you know it's like okay and now we have this big brand and this big brand and you know there is a, almost you know okay we cannot say almost nobody anymore but a lot has been taken you know so what do you think where do where do we go and how can we make sure that we have other brands coming in and you know yeah. and trying it as well you know I, I think there's yeah there's so many things to get into I mean you guys know this better than, than myself I think one is this this now there's so many resources this podcast everywhere across the internet on how to start your Amazon FBA business and there's so much knowledge you can uh, which is now available which wasn't was available five years ago um, seller communities uh, you know accelerators programs training courses that allow you to you know set yourself up to for success to kind of start with I think that's the first point I think that the second point there's an advantage to being large but there's also an advantage to being small particularly as you said a there is um particularly as some of these, you know, really large aggregators that are getting to 50, 100, 150 brands, they're not going to have the, you know, specialized knowledge, attention to get into every subcategory that is on, on Amazon. Uh, particularly if you're a motorcycle enthusiast and you really understand the customer, what they need, what type of products, what are the different models of, of motorcycles, that's going to be very difficult to replicate for an aggregator. They would probably want to continue to work with you, have you as a consultant, but you can develop a real edge there. That's kind of the second part. I think the third part is what you said, there is a lot of money has kind of flown in, but even before that, the space is professionalizing. You need to up your game. You need to ed continue to educate yourself on marketing, PPC. You need to invest in tools. It's definitely something which is becoming less of a, of a, of a side hustle and more of a professional, you have many full-time professional Amazon FBA sellers. These are not only aggregators, these are people who've done this over and over again. They're on their fourth brand, fifth brand, or they're running five brands at the same time. They've built a team. There's people who really understand how to um, tackle the Amazon FBA market. And there's still lots of opportunity to get into that. And that's the you know final point is, it's an absolutely massive space. Um, if you take all of the, aggregating uh, you know revenue as a, as a total i'm i'm not even sure we're gonna you know break one percent of the entire amazon fba ecosystem it's a it's an it's a it's a it's a really really massive opportunity and it continues to grow as as amazon grows and um also inter internationally so i think it's still a very ex it's still a very exciting opportunity to get into the market and what the aggregator i think two things we're keeping everybody's keeping everyone honest you kind of Need to up your game you know provide the best services products for customers but then on the other side 
there are now exit opportunities, liquidity opportunities for sellers that weren't there previously. And multiples have gone up um, from where they were 2018, 19 to where they are today. So it's more attractive from an exit standpoint. If you at some point want to you know, sell your business, there is a bigger safety net that if you've had some success, there's that option to sell to an, to an aggregator, a larger you know, brand um, um, you know, conglomerate. Right. Okay. So in terms of uh, size of the brands that you are looking about, like when it becomes attractive to you, like uh, in terms of like an annual revenue, like are you looking at brands less than a million, more than a million, more than 10 million? What's the sweet spot yeah. for you? So, so we're, we're really, I would say we're sort of category first. And we really, uh, if we really like the business, the brand and the potential, and we see a lot of growth potential, we can go quite early. Um, and early for us is $1 million in revenue. Uh, we, we really like businesses anywhere from, you know, five to $25 million. Uh, so we're also looking at many of the larger opportunities. I think if you're kind of, if you're kind of in the early phases, I think it's really important uh, to make your business sellable that it's, you know, a branded, but be is very focused in terms of its products, its categories, its supplier base. I think what's going to be difficult for us, for an aggregator to buy a smaller brand is if you're, if you, if you're doing a million dollars, but you just have so many products, you're working with 20 different suppliers and it's from a kind of acquisition integration standpoint, quite complex. Best thing, when you're small, try to streamline, simplify your business as much as possible before selling. And then as you get larger, that becomes less of a problem. If you're a $20, $30 million seller, um, this, it is expected to, that you have quite a few products, geographies, suppliers, uh, you know, different um, contracts um, and, and relationships. Got it. I have another question, which is kind of, you know, something that I'm really wondering and, and uh, for every, every aggregator, it might be different. Now, all Sam, uh, you guys are on your second year, roughly, you know, maybe third, second, third, but what's the future of all Sam? Like, okay. So you are now in that acquisition mode because you have the funds, but what's the kind of like, what will happen in five years? Like, uh, is this, you know, because you talk about the brand's exit strategy, is there an exit strategy for all some, but you also acquired another small aggregator, if I am not mistaken yeah. at some point. So, which means that one of the exit strategy for aggregator is like to be acquired by another one, but let's assume like everything goes fine. You're growing. What's the essence of that? Like what will happen in five years with awesome? What do you think about yeah. that? You know, in five years, I think there's two, two preferred options. Uh, either we go public or we're just a large private company because we're actually cash flow positive. We can kind of sustain ourselves. We're not reliant on additional public funding. Um, sort of kind of these, these two bigger options. If you're, I think, um, you know, particularly with the acquisitions that we did, you, might, you know, some aggregators, they might acquire a number of brands. They maybe didn't have the operations background or they didn't have the to you know capital couldn't build the team they might decide okay, the best route of, of option you know the best exit option for me is to sell to another aggregator uh, I think we're already at, at a scale we want to be you know quite ambitious team to build a large company and you know the long-term you know vision of awesome is really to be a technology platform where we plug into not only Amazon but plug into all digital marketplaces internationally and then we can have 
our own brands, but also working, you know, potentially with other sellers to allow them to sell on all marketplaces and, you know, enable, because we think that it, it enables the best experience for customers, enables competition, you know, like I was saying, keeps everyone honest and it's a good experience for, I think, both the kind of like the, the buyer and, and the seller. Um, and that's, I think what's, and that's really attractive to be both a very large private company or a publicly listed company. Okay, that's, uh, wow, that's uh, already really good because when you're, as, as soon as it gets pri uh, publicly uh, listed, then uh, this is a whole other uh, ballgame, I would say. Um, there, is, there is a lot going on in the aggregator space. Um, I'm going a little bit into the direction of that now we have an own, there is an own ecosystem and yeah. opportunities are creating themselves out of the investment that has been done on these uh, aggregators. Um, I just recently read an art article, that's why I'm bringing this up. So um, the former Thrasio CTO uh, launches a capital as a service acquisition after raising 12 million. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's completely you know, crazy at one point that, that now we have out of all this aggregator space, which is on Amazon, Now we have other uh, ecosystems coming out. So other companies, uh, new work created, obviously most of them uh, uh, remotely from home. So um, I, think, I think the space is so young and so uh, fructive that, you know, that we really can grow so much that we, in a few, in a few years time, you know, um, if Amazon creeps, keeps growing that way, there will be an amazing space you know, of new uh, uh, creations of new uh, business ideas, of new business opportunities. So uh, really, uh, I'm very positive about that. What is, what is your thoughts about that? No, it's, it's really exciting. I think particularly, uh, we know that financing, funding is a, is a massive problem uh, for essentially small sellers. And uh, large aggregators understand the risk profile. You get the date, you have some of, more of your data from your own company. So it's, an, it's a natural progression for somebody and say, hey, let me essentially, the same way we can use financing as a larger player, can I kind of apply that to a group of small, smaller players, enable them to, you know, grow and invest behind the brand. I think there's going to be more, you know, service offerings, um, I think both on, exactly. you know, product launch and then on the technology. Um, there is a great off-the-shelf um, um, product available. But Amazon is changing, growing, and we're building our own technology. And I think also on that side, there will be you know, some yeah, CTO of, of one company spin-off or head of engineering and say, hey, let me build something which is pretty similar, kind of using the same tools in terms of automation, but providing it to you know, the ecosystem smaller seller. It's going to be, I think, like, like you said, there's going to be many more you know, spin-offs, and we're going to see more announcements similar to the one we've seen recently. Right. I think, by the way, uh, David, like maybe Awesome or Celerex or Berlin brand groups, you know, like all these very big aggregators may think about the same thing that Trust.io is kind of going through because uh, they acquired Yardline Capital, but Yardline yeah. Capital, and there is a lot of Uh, like uh, funding sources, like there are companies like that in US, but I see only a few in Europe, like that are like yeah. fast funding, you know, the, the Amazon smaller sellers, because 
if you fund them, they can grow faster to the point that maybe you want to acquire them. But there is definitely uh, that lack of, you know, funding right now, like fast funding in the Amazon space in Europe. Uh, maybe that's an opportunity as well. You know, I would definitely go and, and, and invest and it's, into that. It's only that's really with the aggregator space because it's really shining the spotlight on these, all these, you know, essentially what are small businesses that, that but these are really backable, successful, profitable businesses that you can essentially provide capital to them. Um, and I think for many institutional, um, you know, investors, they were a step too removed. And now with the aggregation space and, and people now going out and setting up new companies, approaching capital providers to say, hey, I have this really interesting pool of sellers that need funding, they're really successful, profitable. Um, and then for doing that at scale, I think that's also what Thrasio has shown. The, the aggregation, you know, the acquisition model wasn't particularly new. I think what Thrasio has done is that you can, do this at scale um, and you can work with all with many smaller sellers and you know support support them and grow them quite significantly right as we are coming to the end i also want to ask the question uh more related to the brands who want to sell their um you know the, their companies so um basically let's assume like you know there is a brand doing already 10 million dollars and they decide to sell for whatever reason. Now, there are different options here. Sometimes even we are confused. What's the best option for the brand? Yep. For example, the first option, you know, go and work with a broker. Is this the better option? Or, you know, directly approach to you because like you guys are, you know, already, um, you know, trying to even you know, uh, use the different people like to refer to you, the, the, um, the brands. But if you were a brand, what would be, and if you have the decision, now it's the time to sell, uh, what should be the next steps for the brand? Yeah, I think there's very different uh, opinions on this, right? Some, they get advice from somebody, say, who, who have you worked with, had a good experience with, they get a, you know, warm introduction, Others, you know, reach out to, you know, pretty cold um, to five to 10 aggregators trying to get an idea. Um, I think overall, if you're in this, I think either if you're kind of small and have a very, you know, if you have a simple business in the, you know, pets or, uh, you know, outdoors or home and kitchen space, um, I think, you know, feel free to, you know, reach out to aggregators directly, get an offer. I think both do your research on them, listen to podcasts, what is their strategy? Um, I think you're choosing both a, a price as well as to some extent a partner. Um, you still have to work with this group. Sometimes you're involved um, through the migration period, sometimes longer, so something agreement. So I think it's important that you kind of focus both on the valuation and, and the partnership. If you have a business which is maybe in a, in a specific niche, which is um, you know maybe a bit more complicated, a broker can really help you navigate that field. Um, they can kind of help you know who to target specifically and um, um, they can add a fair bit of value. Um, but it, working with a broker is not cheap. Um, so for, I think for pretty, I think streamlined standard businesses, um, I'm not sure it always makes sense. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And then with, you know, businesses that are a bit more complex are maybe very, in very specific niches. Um, a broker can add value and help you find the right um, buyer. 
and then and I've seen it kind of play out this way also where maybe they've re spoken to some aggregators didn't really get the traction went to a broker and they could kind of help them find the right buyer so I think it really really depends it's 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 a it's a you know it's also very people have different um, I think also very different opinions on on, on that matter uh, like you like you alluded to definitely Definitely. Thank you so much, uh, David. I mean, I don't even have a question anymore because you replied to all my questions that I had in my mind uh, uh, while <laughs> while explaining this your your valuable valuable opinion and uh, information to us. Hi, do you have any more I'm questions a, for David? Yeah, I have a final question, which is um, you know we talked about the awesome. We talked about like how the brand should uh, you know approach to exit. What about like, you know, maybe, you know, you can tell us about like, what's your recommendation now uh, to the brands, uh, which are smaller, maybe in six months to 12 months, they will think about not today, but in six to 12 months, they will think about like an exit strategy. But what should they do right now as they are trying to prepare for that exit? What are the kind of the 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 uh, the homeworks like on their side? Yeah. They are running the business, but they want to sell. But it's twelve months away ahead. So what should be done now? Yeah, I, th I think this one is. I mean, you can always, I think, kind of continue, you know, to grow the business, perform well. Uh, you know, really, you know, look at your, you know, portfolio. What do you think is kind of working well? Where should you double down? I think this kind of you know continue what you're doing it really you know and invest in in that area i think the other part is i think three areas i think one is i think mentally like really prepare like are you ready to sell what does it mean for you um um and get, getting kind of like in the in the right mindset educating yourself what does the process look like you know who are maybe some of the the buyers the, the brokers i think that's kind of one area The second area is really getting on top of your financials, hire an accountant, get your accounts prepared, maybe have a trial run now already, know how you kind of performed, make sure there's no discrepancies in your understanding, ideally work with an accountant that is working with Amazon FBA businesses or has worked with aggregators um, um, before. And then the, the, third, um, the third area, um, I had a... I had another um, area in mind, which I think is really um, important to grow. And then the other thing is, I think this is probably the most important thing in my, with Matza, like you got to sell your business. If you want to get an attractive price, you got to sell your business. And that goes with like, what's the story and what are the growth opportunities? Um, and some, I think for some Amazon, it's, it's they, they, they all know about it, but they maybe don't rave about it or sell it appropriately like why are you excited about the ex expansion opportunities what products have you had on your list but couldn't launch so far what do you think is the opportunity uh, for those so really coming prepared with a growth plan and what you think is the potential in addition to the story why you think this is a really you know strong brand nailing your pitch this can can make a this can be a decision between you know buying a brand or, or not buying buying a brand because you know as, as much as it is about the numbers it's about the potential and you know where where this brand can can head to over the next few years right okay i mean that was really a great summary of what they should do so thank you very much for all the information david we really appreciate that and thank uh thank you for uh, being our guest thanks thanks 
for having me. I appreciate all the great questions and uh, yeah, keep 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 on what you're doing. Really enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.